Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Today's episode is named Bicarbonate to Boost Running. So maybe you've never thought about using sodium bicarbonate as a supplement. So in today's episode, we're going to ask some questions. What is sodium bicarbonate and how it works? the potential benefits and drawbacks of sodium bicarbonate supplementation for a runner, and how much should you take, how often, and when to take sodium bicarbonate supplementation, if at all. I think you're going to find this really fascinating. It's certainly a topic that I didn't know much about before we started researching. Hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Aileen and I'm here as always with Karen Um, and we always start our episodes with uh, sharing something personal either about our nutrition or our running. Um, So before we move on to discuss our topic uh, which today is all about the supplement sodium bicarbonate and is it appropriate for a runner. Um, So Karen I'm just going to start by asking you a question and um, you know as we're at sort of relatively near the start of the year um, I just wondered if you set yourself a running or a nutrition goal that you'd like to achieve this year um well actually yes I have Aileen hi everybody lovely to be back here again um yes I do have a, a running goal actually um and my running goal for this year is that I would really like to achieve a marathon uh, because it's now been what two years maybe over two years since I completed one and that's linked to a mixture of um, injury past injury as everybody is aware or most people are probably aware of my various injuries Uh, but also COVID because um, during lockdown I couldn't really get into the virtual marathons that didn't really inspire me so I didn't actually do any marathons I went out running but not to those distances and I think because it has been such a long time since I ran a marathon distance 
distance. I have to say, I am feeling a little bit nervous about it. And I keep questioning my ability to complete that sort of distance. But I suppose that's where the regular and strategic training comes into play. So my aim is to really build up slowly, but appropriately, um, so that I can actually achieve that distance again. And I have to say, I have actually registered for the Windermere Marathon. Um, and just mentioning the lakes makes me think about hills and dales. Um, I didn't actually look at, at what the um, the course was. So I've got no idea if we're running round Lake Windermere or if we're going up and down hills and dales. So I don't know. It's all going to be a bit of a surprise, I think. Oh, and that's in lovely. May. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a beautiful part of the lake district. Um, nice time of year as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the the route is there Karen but I'm exactly. sure with all your experience I think you probably um I don't know why you feel that you might not be able to do it it's just like you say it's just just because you haven't for a while <laughs> yes yes doesn't mean to say I can't it's just it's all psychological isn't it so we'll wait and see but anyway how about you Aileen do you have any running or nutrition goals that you've set yourself for this year well, to be fair, I've not really set anything specific, but talking about this, um, of course, I know that I'm going to need to because I think having a goal is a real focus. Um, and I, you know, like everybody, I've had a very disruptive uh, couple of years. Last year was not good from a running point of view. I, I, I think I've resurrected my running after various different things that went on in life. Um so I would like to be really consistent this year and, and get back to where I used to be. So a bit like you, I think that's the, the overarching goal. But one of the things that I'd really like to do this year is get a running coach because I think I need somebody to be accountable to and somebody who will push me to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe I'll even join a running club. I know you've done that this year, haven't you? And that's really mm-hmm. helped you. So um yeah, I've, I've, I feel that I've got to um, get a bit of structure back. Um, and, um, yeah, that's so I, I will report back. I think that's what I'll say. I'll make the commitment out loud yeah. and I'll report back on what my goal is um, shortly. <laughs> Excellent. I'll be asking you again then, Aileen, in, a, in another episode in the near future. Yeah, please do <laughs> hold me accountable. I need that definitely. Yes. Like everybody. Yes. Maybe we'll even run, do one of our goal setting sessions uh, that people can join in on as well, because I think that's mm. always a, a good process um, for ourselves definitely. to go through as well as, um, you know, the people that follow us too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so the topic today is all about sodium bicarbonate. And um, I must say, I didn't really know much about this, Karen, until you mentioned it as a topic. I hadn't even realised that runners used it. Um, but interestingly, um, my grandmother used to have a, a bicarbonate of soda drink every single day. Um, when I was a youngster and, uh, and she did it for digestive reasons which is quite strange bearing in mind the things that we're going to be sharing later on um, so that's all I really knew about sodium bicarbonate so today uh, what we're going to um, reveal is we're going to talk about sodium bicarbonate what it is and how it works uh, what the potential benefits and drawbacks of, of sodium bicarbonate supplementation is for a runner and looking at a supplement protocol 
um, how much, how often, and when to take um, the supplementation, if at all. So uh, I know you've you've done quite a lot of background research on this, Karen. So it's going to be um, an interesting topic and something mm-hmm. that people haven't thought about. So let's start, Karen. Would you tell us um, a little bit about what sodium bicarbonate is? Yeah, sure, Aileen. And actually thinking about bicarbonate first, bicarbonate itself, we actually produce um, endogenously um, and it's produced as what's known as an extracellular anion. And what I mean by that is that, you know, the body produces it internally. Most of it, um, of which is found in the fluid surrounding cells rather than the fluid inside cells. And that's what it means by extracellular. And the fact that it's an anion means it's a chemical that has a negative charge. So that's just the chemistry side of it out of the way. And actually, bicarbonate is known to be the the second most abundant anion in the blood, chloride um, being the most abundant. And its principal function really is to maintain the body's acid base balance, so the pH of the body. Um, And it does that by just being involved in um, part of various buffer systems uh, within the body. Okay, sorry, I I, um, I think I lost you for a second there, Karen. So, how are the uh, these bicarbonate anions produced internally? Well, they're actually produced as the result of a chemical reaction that starts with the carbon dioxide and water molecules. So these two molecules. Now, carbon dioxide is produced in large amounts in tissues that have like a high metabolic rate. So in other words, at the end of um, aerobic metabolism, so um, metabolism using um, oxygen. Now, the CO2 is then converted into bicarbonate in the cytoplasm. So that's the liquid part within a cell. And it's the cytoplasm within the red blood cells um, where the bicarbonate, um, where the CO2 is converted into bicarbonate. Now, a small amount of the CO2 um, can be dissolved in body fluids as well as producing bicarbonate. Um, But over 90%, so most of the CO2 that's produced is converted into bicarbonate ions. Now, that bicarbonate is then transported into the blood and utilised whatever is needed. But then once it reaches the lungs, the reactions reverse direction and CO2 is regenerated from the bicarbonate and is then exhaled as that metabolic waste that we exhale um, every time we breathe. I think it's really complicated and complicated to to, to get across, but it is an extremely uh, clever um, sort of process, as all processes within our body are. I think the, it's, the body is so amazing, I, I think. It certainly is. And, you know, we don't often think about it. You know, and when you're talking about these things, it is definitely taking me back to chemistry lessons. And, yes. and there's a little chemistry lesson that you've um, shared with us here has hopefully enlightened everyone on how CO2 is produced, how it's transported and excreted from the body. Um, but also, Karen, we, we need to think about what are the buffering abilities of bicarbonate and, and how does that work? 
Well, when we think about um, exercise specifically and the buffering capabilities of bicarbonate, this is linked to anaerobic metabolism or anaerobic glycolysis as it is widely known. So people might have heard it as as anaerobic glycolysis. Others might might know it as uh, anaerobic metabolism. Now, Anaerobic glycolysis is the transformation of glucose to lactate to produce energy when there is limited amounts of oxygen um, available. So basically, that is when, for example, carrying out prolonged periods of intense sport, there's just not enough oxygen um, supplied to the cells, therefore anaerobic um, um, metabolism steps in. Wow. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot to get your head around here. So, so thinking about running, that would be when sprinting. Um, so that would really be the sort of Usain Bolts of the world. Yeah, exactly that, Aileen. Um, so athletes that are running at high intensity for more than one minute and up to approximately seven minutes is, is how it's described. Now, for us as long distance runners, one to seven minutes seems like a really short period of time. But really, it's the maintenance of the power and the intensity of the exercise that leads it to being classified as prolonged exercise. But but just going back to your question, Aileen, um, your original question, um, during those high rates of anaerobic glycolysis, muscle may produce excessive amounts of hydrogen and lactate ions, leading to um, potential metabolic disturbances and ultimately fatigue. Now, what happens is the extracellular bicarbonate steps in to facilitate the removal of these acids. So, in other words, they're buffering the effects of these acids. And the idea is that this could then delay the onset of muscular fatigue during the prolonged anaerobic metabolism. So that mm-hmm. is the crux of it. It's to, 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 to prevent the fatigue occurring so quickly. Right, that's interesting. So, so we've talked about the um, the endogenous production of bicarbonate as the body's natural buffering agent to maintain blood pH balance. Um, so, let's move on now and talk a little bit about the um, the exogenous or supplemental sodium bicarbonate as a buffering agent. What can you tell us about that, Karen? Well, as we said at the beginning, the sodium bicarbonate has attracted quite a lot of attention um, uh, regarding research. And this is principally because earlier studies suggested it could improve performance by up to 3%. Um, Now, these earlier studies were looking at principally at swimmers and cyclists. Um, But... I think it's important to point out that some other studies have shown that it can have an ergolytic effect. Now, what I mean about it by that is that it can potentially impair performance. But so it seems to be double-edged bicarbonate of soda or sodium bicarbonate. You know, it's got this performance-enhancing effects, but it could also be detrimental to performance for some people. Now, the principal reason for this is thought to be its potential for gastrointestinal distress, especially the likes of bloating and belching. 
and more severe symptoms, including nausea, stomach pain, diarrhea and vomiting. And I think also what is worth mentioning here um, is that there are there potentially are some other factors that could influence the performance effects of um, sodium bicarbonate, not just um, sort of the GI effects. You know, for example, it could be linked to training conditions. So is that going to benefit or be detrimental to to bicarbonate of soda um, or sodium bicarbonate as as an ergogenic aid? The athletes clash. You know, are they college athletes? Are they elite athletes or Olympic? standards or are they amateur um, athletes gender as well the duration of the support of the exercise rather so the duration of the the exercise but also um, are, is, is the individual a high responder or a low responder so it may be that they just don't respond to sodium bicarbonate mm, okay. mm. so you, you mentioned that the athletes class um so I just thought I'd just mention this, Karen, because I read somewhere that um, the performance effects of sodium bicarbonate are thought to be lower in trained athletes, uh, possibly due to a higher internal buffering capacity, whereas amateurs and lesser trained athletes may be more dependent on the additional buffering capacity of the supplemental form um, of sodium bicarbonate um, and I suppose that would suggest that the training adaptations to enhance the endogenous production of the bicarbonate may be a more effective approach because that would omit these GI effects that you mentioned the, the sort of gastrointestinal effects yeah, I think that is actually a, a really good point, Aileen. You know, is it about training, encouraging that internal production rather than athletes depending on taking it externally? Um, because it does appear that these gastrointestinal or digestive side effects are the principal limiting factor of the supplement. So that's a really good point. And, and I think another approach approach that could limit the, the intestinal effects of sodium bicarbonate is maybe chronic loading rather than acute loading. So a lot of studies have used single high dose um, supplementation strategies. So the likes of 0.4 to 0.5 um, grams per kilogram of body weight of sodium bicarbonate, um, which and it's these high um, sort of single dose strategies that seem to be mostly associated with a higher incidence and severity of these adverse side effects. Whereas in some other studies where they've used multi-day protocols, generally between three and seven days, these different protocols, they've tended to use not point, roughly 0.3 grams per kilogram of body weight of sodium bicarbonate per day. But also what they've done is they've divided the intake into smaller doses, taken at different points during the day. So that would be, that would sort of, transcribe into roughly about 0.1 grams to 0.2 grams per kilograms um, taken at, say, breakfast, lunch and dinner and maybe at a snack time as well. And that sort of strategy has been shown to enhance performance whilst reducing the risk of the digestive effects. So that's maybe another way of thinking about um, taking this uh, supplement externally. Yeah, and are there any theories uh, around why um, 
the sodium bicarbonate leads to the, the gastrointestinal symptoms? Is it solely due to the amount consumed or are there any other mechanisms at play here, Karen? Yeah, that's a really good question, Aileen. And I have to say, it does seem to be the sheer volume of sodium bicarbonate ingested that plays the principal part, um, because what happens is sodium bicarbonate leads to that increase in um, carbon dioxide production in, in the stomach. And so the higher the volume of sodium bicarbonate, the more carbon dioxide that will be produced. And because carbon dioxide is a gas, it then leads to that bloating and belching. So that seems to be the principle. Um, There are other things at play, but that seems to be the principle um, reason for the effects. Okay, so, so Karen, in a nutshell, what we're saying here is that the body can produce bicarbonate itself. And that helps maintain blood pH balance. Um, However, when intense exercise is sustained over a period of time, that may lead to the body's capacity to produce bicarbonate being overwhelmed. And in that instance, sodium bicarbonate in a supplement form may support the buffering system that we've talked about and therefore delay the onset of muscle fatigue brought on by acid buildup. So principally the hydrogen ions and the lactate. So that's sort of a bit of an overview of what we've just said Mm. yeah yeah okay um so let's um let's now move on and discuss the potential benefits and drawbacks of sodium bicarbonate supplementation for a runner i know we've already mentioned uh some already um but karen you you mentioned particularly that sodium bicarbonate might be beneficial to sprinters and, and we've explained why but what about longer distance running are there any benefits to all of those who run for 30 minutes 60 minutes and longer than that well actually yes Aileen and there is some evidence to suggest that sodium bicarbonate loading could um, benefit runners training or competing at between 30 to 60 minutes where there is sustained exercise just below the anaerobic threshold and um, where that's occurring so for for a distance runner that would be at times where an increased pace is required so for example the final sprint to the finish line so because generally um, a, a, a long distance runner will be running comfortably within that uh, that aerobic capacity, and um, so it would be um, aerobic aerobic metabolism. But it could be that they're maybe doing a trail run where they've got to go up and down hills. So maybe like my marathon in um, in the Lake District. So when there's more of an effort and they may be sitting just below that anaerobic threshold, that's then when. Um, they think that sodium bicarbonate may actually be beneficial. Now, my thinking is that, you know, like I've just said, uh, this could potentially be appropriate for runners who train or race even beyond 60 minutes. I, I think the the evidence is in, in runners between 30 and 60 minutes, but I think that potentially it could benefit Um, people uh, or runners beyond 60 minutes but like I say the research isn't available to back that up that those are just my thoughts and another benefit of sodium bicarbonate um, generally is its potential for mitochondrial protection so just remembering that the mitochondria being our energy powerhouses now it's thought that um 
by protecting um, the mitochondria, this could lead to improved mitochondrial function and consequently improved performance um, over time. And interestingly, the mitochondrial benefits have been associated with the, the chronic sodium bicarbonate consumption rather than the acute loading. So like I was saying, those small amounts um, over spread out throughout the day and spread out over several days rather than having it all in, in one load before before a race or, or training. Mm, it's all very interesting. This. Mm. Okay, so let's, um, let's have a talk about any potential drawbacks to sodium bicarbonate supplementation. Um, but maybe just before we do that, I'll just thinking, are there any benefits, any other benefits that you'd like to mention before we go into the drawbacks, Karen? Um, actually, yeah, just just a, a couple, Aileen, um, that I think are worth mentioning, but I won't take uh, much time over it. Um, the International Society of Sports Nutrition um, had released a position stand on sodium bicarbonate uh, just early in 2021, actually, so very recent paper. And, and they st- state that sodium bicarbonate is known to improve performance in single and multiple bout exercises and also that sodium bicarbonate appears to improve performance in both men and women and um, the benefits of multiple day protocol appears to be linked to the reduced risk of the sodium bicarbonate induced side effects on that um, competition day and um, and that's basically because what they were doing was they were stopping the supplementation prior to competition day so um so, so they they were getting the benefits but they weren't actually um having the side effects of the supplementation so that's what they picked out and um, put into their position stand as some of the benefits now these positive performance outcomes are thought to be due to uh, really an enhanced ability to train harder and being able to train harder because of the sodium bicarbonate is a result of the improved mitochondrial function, as we've already mentioned, but also due to um, an increased lactate threshold, also an ability to exercise at pre-training level of the VO2 peak for a longer duration and um, a possible reduction in damage to muscle proteins. So um, there seems to be quite a lot of benefits there to to taking sodium bicarbonate as a a supplement or an ergogenic aid, as they say. Yeah, and it's really interesting that they've um, published a position statement. So Mm. it's a really important um, supplement to consider, isn't it, for for competitive athletes, definitely. Um, so yeah lots of uh performance benefits um just from consuming baking soda so it's, it does more than just make your cakes light and fluffy doesn't it well exactly you know i think we probably all have the carbonate of soda in our, our cupboards and have never thought that it could potentially be um, enhancing our running performance yeah. well just another thing that it does which is nothing related to um sports performance or baking but I use it with uh, mixed with lemon juice um, to clean the um, the shower door <laughs> it takes all the watermarks off <laughs> I use it more for that than anything else to be honest yeah 
so many benefits to using the carbonate of soda. There is indeed. Yes. Okay, so uh, we we started mentioning that there might be some drawbacks um, to sodium bicarbonate. Um, we've already mentioned some of the negative gastrointestinal symptoms, uh, which um, include nausea, stomach pain, and, and diarrhea in particular. Are there, are there any others that we need to consider, Karen? Um, actually, Aileen, I think the digestive symptoms appear to be the principal drawback, like I mentioned earlier. And um, these symptoms do tend to be as a result of that increased um, carbon dioxide production and buildup in the digestive tract. But another factor that may possibly lead to some gastrointestinal symptoms um, experienced is the sodium bicarbonate's ability to neutralize gastric acid. Now, as we know, stomach acid needs to have a pH of between 1.5 and 3.5, so really acidic. And um, this is to optimise protein breakdown for digestion, but also to kill any bacteria and other pathogens um, to help prevent illness. So if we're putting in bicarbonate of soda, we're neutralising that gastric acid. Therefore, it opens up the potential um, for um, not digesting properly, therefore could lead to especially protein. So that could lead to a lot of uh, pain and discomfort. But also it opens up the door to potential um, bacteria and other pathogenic um, illnesses or concerns. Yeah, that is concerning. So there's always a, a flip side to anything. Yeah. Isn't there? yeah. And I think it's also worth mentioning that if sodium bicarbonate is, is take, being taken on the longer term, um, that potentially this could lead to an, an increased habitual sodium load on the body. And as we know, high sodium levels are linked to kidney and cardiovascular conditions, including hypertension, so high blood pressure. So, yeah, there's, um, there's things to consider before you dive into doing this. Yeah, definitely, Aileen. I think, again, that is a really good point to raise because, yes, we're speaking about the bicarbonate but it's being taken into the body in the form of sodium bicarbonate so there is going to be the sodium there so um and certainly for 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 certain people who are already susceptible to maybe kidney um dysfunction and um heart issues especially high blood pressure then yes this this probably would not be a protocol that we well isn't a protocol that we would be recommending and we'd also rec we'd always recommend that somebody work with a professional regarding taking supplements anyway hmm. yeah okay um and i think also we should just um just think about any female factors while we're talking about this karen are there any female factors that we should be thinking about yeah, I think actually the key female factor here really is the fact that we're female. Um, so in other words, what I mean is that the difference in performance effects of sodium bicarbonate appears to be gender specific. Now, earlier I mentioned that there seems to be benefits to males and females, but that the benefits 
are, are different or appear to be different between men and women. So um, there are there aren't very many studies looking at these differences and effects of of the sodium bicarbonate between males and females. But of the ones that have been performed, most have found that the female that females tend to respond to a lesser extent than males. So they still respond, but not as well. Now, this appears to be due to um, differences in muscle anatomy and physiology. So, for example, females um, are known to have smaller type 2 muscle fibres than men, and the type 2 um, muscle fibres rely predominantly on that glycolytic energy system, so that um, anaerobic uh, metabolism. And also males um, have a greater glycolytic capacity. So again, uh, what I mean by that is um, their ability to produce energy anaerobically. Um, so, so in times of that insufficient oxygen availability, as we mentioned earlier, and also females pH drops to a lesser extent than in males during the same type of, um, of exercise. But I think it, what is important to note here as well is that none of the studies really took the female's menstrual cycle into account when carrying out the research, which is, is a, a common issue with any research that is done on females. So that asks the question, could it have been the menstrual cycle that led to the reduced athletic performance rather than the supplementation? You know, I think it's an interesting question and maybe one that will be answered in, in, in time to come. Yeah, definitely. And and I think the other variable for both genders is you know, how your digestive system performs because, again, yeah. that's a big variable for everybody, isn't it? Absolutely. So, yeah. so what you're saying, Karen, is that um, sodium bicarbonate may benefit both men and women. However, the performance enhancement in women um, is uh, to a lesser extent than, than men. Exactly. As, as it seems regarding the, the current research. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that just reflects what the ISSM position standard outlined as well. So, so again, just to give an overview, what we're saying here is that it really it appears that there there are quite a few performance benefits to taking sodium bicarbonate as a supplement. However, there is the potential for gastrointestinal effects and that needs to be considered and addressed for each individual. Now, we will look at this in a bit more detail in a minute, but I'm just thinking before we do that, Aileen, shall I hand over to you for a short advert break? Yeah, sure, Karen. Um, so one of the things that we're, we're often asked by runners is... Uh, They'll say to us, well, what do I eat? What do I eat pre, during and after a training run or a race? And uh, we do focus a lot on this in our episodes because it is something if you get right, uh, you'll become fitter, faster and stronger. And importantly, you'll recover quickly for your next run, which is really important when you're following a training plan. If you're focusing on that next big goal that Karen and I were talking about earlier. Um, so one of the things that we we designed um, as a free guide is our free nutrition guide and we use that and suggest it as a companion to our episodes because it summarizes very neatly um, what you need to consider uh, regarding um, 
nutrient timing particularly. So the, the free guide is called Top Running Snacks and Nutrient Timing, and it's a PDF ebook, and it lists all of our suggestions of what um, what to eat, when to eat uh, for pre, during, and post run training. So over a thousand runners have downloaded our guide so far, and we've had great feedback. And the guide really, as I said, gives you a quick reference so you can quickly put our suggestions into action next time you go out for a run. And if you're interested in uh, getting hold of the guide or if maybe you've already downloaded it and you've misplaced it, you can certainly uh, download it again. All you need to do is visit our website, runnershealthhub.com, look at the top menu bar, um, find a free nutrition guide, pop in your email address and, and we'll send you the free guide. And that also will get you onto our mailing list. And when you're on our mailing list, um, fairly quickly after that, you'll get some snack recipes sent to you. Um, and we also send out a, a recipe every Monday morning. Um, so you can build up your repertoire of uh, running friendly recipes. So really hope that the guide helps you. Um, once you've had a look at it, uh, let us know how you get on and uh, if you've got any suggestions for other uh, free guides that we can put together in the coming year, let us know. Um, we always like to get feedback. Um, so uh, enjoy the free nutrition guide. Great. Thanks very much, Aileen. So, so far we've looked at what sodium bicarbonate is and how it works. And we've also outlined the potential benefits and drawbacks of sodium supplementation, sodium bicarbonate supplementation. So now let's move on and consider a supplementation protocol. So here we'll think about how much is thought to be enough, how often to take it and when, if at all. Um, you should be taking it. So remember, the information that we do give here is generic. And as always, we would recommend that you work with a professional if considering taking sub, um, sodium bicarbonate as an uh, ergogenic aid for your running performance, just to ensure that the protocol is correct for you and also to help minimise any of the potential side effects that we have spoken about. So... Uh, when thinking about how much sodium bicarbonate to take, the ISSN that we've been speaking about, so the International Society of Sports Nutrition, recommends using lower doses. So they, they suggest 0.2 to 0.3 grams per kilogram of body weight as a single dose. And that equates to four to five teaspoons of bicarbonate of soda, which sounds quite a lot to me, I have to say. Um, higher doses of 0.4 to 0.5 grams per kilograms of body weight. But have been um, associated with that higher incidence and severity of the gastrointestinal symptoms that we mentioned earlier. And also um, what they, they say, the ISSN say, is that 0.2 grams per kilogram of body weight those required to provide the performance enhancing effects when given as um, a single dose with 0.3 grams per kilogram being the optimal dose for ergogenic aid. So it sounds as though 0.3 grams per kilogram of body weight is the best one to go for. But for some people, that might still be too much. But the minimum amount to actually get any performance benefits is going to be 0.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. If you go below that, 
it's it's likely that there aren't going to be any benefits. So, okay, right, good, good advice. Um, and I'm just sort of thinking that whenever you do anything different, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for your body to adapt. So maybe starting with the low dose and then building up to the 0.3 might be a good idea just to until your body sort of starts responding without any symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so, Karen, you, you were speaking there about the single-dose supplement, um, but you also mentioned earlier um, a multi-day protocol approach. Um, and we mentioned we mentioned it earlier, and I think we said it was between three and seven days uh, using 0.3 grams per kilogram of body weight uh, per day, but dividing it into smaller doses, taking at the different points during the day. So um, I think you suggested earlier, 0.1 to 0.2 um, grams per kilogram of body weight and spreading it between you know the day breakfast lunch and dinner so that that sounds like a much more sensible approach to me um, especially as it's thought to still lead to enhanced performance while whilst it also reduces that risk of the gastrointestinal effects that we talked about yeah i i would completely agree with you alien and um and what i would just add here is that um in one of the studies i read the performance enhancing effects continued on day one and day two post supplementation which i i mentioned earlier as well now but what I would just add here is that this effect was only found in amateur athletes. And again, that would lead to, into what we said earlier about the seems to be um, that, that, that amateur athletes depend more on the external sodium bicarbonate eff- effects, whereas more um, elite and professional athletes seem to um, be able to produce more endogenously. So, so it could be that this... Um, is a suitable protocol for runners who want to stop taking the supplements before race day. So for that fear of any potential digestive effects, but still enjoy the performance effects from them. So and that might also be a way of um, of sort of introducing the bicarbonate um, or the sodium bicarbonate as well, so that you're you're having it in the days building up to, a, say, a long training run, but you don't actually have it on the long training run and just see if you notice any any benefits over time. Yeah, definitely trying exactly. to mm, Okay, so um, let's now have a quick look at the different forms of um, sodium bicarbonate supplementation so i mean obviously we know it comes in a powdered form and um, as we said earlier probably most people have got baking powder in in the cupboard um but you know taking that you know four to five teaspoons mixed in water is certainly not very appealing um to me and probably not to anybody else um so an, an alternative and more palatable way would be to take the supplement in the form of a tablet or a capsule form um ideally with an enteric coated capsule um, being the the recommended approach. And that enteric coating means that the capsules bypass the stomach acid, uh, therefore it potentially reduces or or avoids any gastric symptoms, um, but they can't necessarily avoid the intestinal side effects, um, including um, diarrhea. So that would be sort of um, an ideal 
way forward. Yeah, it was certainly help, Aileen, because if because a lot of the symptoms tend to occur in the stomach. So if you can bypass those symptoms, you may still have some intestinal, so small intestinal um, side effects like that diarrhea. It seems to be that it's difficult to avoid that. But it's limiting the amount of different symptoms that you might experience. And just to add to that, Aileen, um, when thinking about when to take them, the Australian Institute of Sport, now this is where we speak a lot about Louise Burke, and um, and she, she works at the AIS. I think she's head of it. Now, the AIS recommends having... Um, having them with a small so having your supplements with a small carbohydrate rich meal around 120 to 150 minutes before exercise and um, because the gastrointestinal symptoms are thought to peak at approximately 90 minutes post ingestion so having it with a small carbohydrate rich meal again it is thought that that would help reduce the the um intestinal symptoms but uh, there's always a flip side isn't there so um in contrast to what the ISS SEND recommends, um, th- no, so so in contrast to the AIS, what the ISS SEND recommends is taking the supplement sixty to one hundred and eighty minutes pre-exercise, and they they certainly were looking at this from a single dose protocol. Um, so what they would say regarding chronic intake, I'm not sure, but they were suggesting that you take it much closer to the time that um, that you exercise. So maybe that's another potential reason why there with single dose um, protocols, there are more side effects. I, I, I don't know. I'm just sort of voicing what I'm thinking in the moment. But, but really, I think what we can deduce from this is that there are things that we can do to try and minimise the side effects whilst still enjoying the performance effects of sodium bicarbonate supplementation but it does need to be personalized because it is going to depend on factors including gender potentially age sensitivity to sodium bicarbonate and also the the side effects uh, the potential side effects that could be experienced as well as other factors as well so as we as we know everybody is individual they certainly are. And I think uh, on that note, Karen, I think that's a, a really good point to um, sort of wrap up the episode. I think it's been a really interesting uh, discussion because it's something that probably a lot of people don't know very much about. Um, but before we go, Karen, would you give us uh, your key takeaways from today's episode? Yeah, sure, Raylene. So, so my takeaways would be, um, firstly, sodium bicarbonate is produced by the body as a buffer in many body symptoms. However, it is also taken externally as an ergogenic aid in sport and exercise in various sports and exercise um, professions, actually. Um, as an ergogenic aid, uh, bicarbonate of soda buffers the acidic effect of hydrogen and lactate, both of which are produced during anaerobic respiration. The performance enhancing effects are most acute in athletes performing high intensity exercise between one and seven minutes long, although it is thought that exercise performed for a longer time, so 30 to 60 minutes, at just below the anaerobic threshold may also benefit. 
it. And although sodium bicarbonate is recognised as an ergogenic aid, it is also known to be ergolytic. So what I mean by that is it, it potentially reduces exercise performance because it can lead to these gastrointestinal effects um, that we've been speaking about in some athletes, not all. Um, and I think to try and limit the gastrointestinal effects of sodium bicarbonate, a multi-day protocol would be recommended. So taking, taking it in small doses alongside a small carbohydrate-rich meal and spread throughout the day for approximately three to seven days. And remember, many factors need to be taken into consideration when deciding whether to use sodium bicarbonate as an ergogenic aid. And you need to be thinking about things including gender, age, the sensitivity to and the side effects suffered from sodium bicarbonate. And are you a responder or a non-responder? So check that out. We recommend you work with a professional really to ensure that the protocol is suitable for your needs and your goals. And, and clearly we can we can help you there. And finally, it is important to practice, practice, practice in training, including simulating race conditions to ensure that the protocol is right for you and that it's going to support you on race day. And just to add to that, that final point that you brought up earlier, Aileen, um, start low and build up just to help the body get used to taking on this supplement um, and to try also to minimise the side effects. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Karen. That's been a really enlightening conversation today. Um, who would have thought that baking soda could have the potential benefits for our running? Um, but we're all uh, much more well informed now. So remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. 
Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. <music>